You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Notice verse number 15. Let us us notice Proverbs, the 13th chapter, is what we're going to consider. And we're looking at one verse of Scripture, that being uh, verse number 15. Proverbs 13, 15. Notice what the proverb writer decrees. Good understanding gains favor. Good understanding gains gains or produces favor. What is good understanding? Good understanding is divine understanding. When you possess divine understanding, by possessing, I'm saying that's what you walk in, that's your lifestyle, is one of applying good understanding or divine understanding Again, it's a, it's a lifestyle, it's a daily thing. Then it is going to produce gain or cause favor to be upon your life. Now, there's a lot of us right now, we know this is true already because we're walking in divine favor. I mean, divine understanding. And God is releasing his favor upon us. Favor is upon us. I wonder how many this morning, that's, that's your testimony. Favor is upon you. How many about your hand? Favor is upon you. Amen. Amen. Is it a church thing? Favor on you just on Sunday morning? You mean to tell me favor is with you on your job? At your business? In your home, you have favor upon you? Your house is favored of God? Amen. But notice what he goes on to say. But the way of the unfaithful is hard. A good understanding gains favor. But the way of the unfaithful is hard. The unfaithful is also the way of the transgressor. The way of the disobedient one. Their way, listen to me, or their life is going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And anybody who is not in line with God's word or his will for their life, they in return are going to live a hard life. And I'm, and I'm wondering this morning, have you ever dealt with somebody whether it be in the church, your family, or on your job, who just like making things hard. Come on, somebody. You ever had to deal with somebody that, 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 that just, that they just like, they got joy out of it, seemingly, just making things harder than what they really are? I'm just talking to you this morning. Have you ever dealt with somebody that, that, you, that, that you said to them, look, you don't, you don't have to make this hard. You don't have to have it hard. 
Am I right? Many of us have tried to minister to people about their life because we knew that it was hard. But it was what they had chose. Now, when you look at the hard way, a life being hard, again, it's because of disobedience to the written and the revealed word of God. But one thing hard suggests is that the person's way of life is actually cursed. Look at it again. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. The way of the unfaithful is cursed. Is cursed. Listen, this curse is actually from God himself. He has cursed the way of the unfaithful. He has made sure that their way will be hard. And so this morning I want to minister from the subject, the cursed way. I want to talk about the cursed way. Because that's the way we don't want to go. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, have your way in and through me today. Even now, God, I decrease that you might increase in me mightily. That your word be spoken through me today. That your saints be edified. Sinners and backsliders, hearts be pricked over the word. I call it so in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's give God a praise for the subject this morning, the cursed way. Can we clap a little bit louder, the cursed way? I want us to understand this morning... As I just talked to us this morning, that you often hear me say this, I pray that it will come forth directly or indirectly in every message that I minister. That is that our choices matter. Our choices matter. Our choices matter to the point to where morning, noon, and night, seven days a week, our choices matter. There, there's never a time where you can decide to do things with a mindset that what you choose to do won't affect your life because it will. It will. Choices have consequences. I said choices have consequences. Should have got a few more amen because some of us, we, we, we know that because we've not always made the right or proper choice. And because of it, we learn from making a bad choice as we begin to grow and mature, we ourselves had to learn that, hey, you know what? My choices have consequences. Sometimes you can make a bad choice and, 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 and it's to the point to where it can easily be corrected. 
corrected within a few minutes or a couple of hours. You you made a bad choice, but but it's something that can be corrected again within a few minutes or a couple of hours. I I made a poor decision, but but I'm going to be able to to rectify it by simply doing this, this, and this. Amen. Are you with me? But then there are choices that we make that we don't just reap a hard consequence in that moment. But y'all, y'all may not like this, but that choice is going to live with us for a while. For a while. We, we're going to be constantly reminded about our bad choice or the bad decision that we made. Oh, I need to break this word down. This is too important anymore. Have you ever looked in a mirror, and just be honest, have you ever looked in the mirror and got mad at the person you were seeing in the mirror over a choice that they made? Some of y'all ain't like me, but when I make a bad choice, I have a tendency to talk to myself. To get on myself in that moment for making such a poor decision. And I've often asked myself, in the moment of making a poor decision, what was you thinking? But again, part of maturing is learning to take responsibility for our actions or our choices. Whenever you see a person who is still refusing to take responsibility for their own choices, then you're looking at a person who's making life hard. Look at somebody real quick if you don't mind. Tell them, I don't want you to make life hard. I don't want you to make life hard. Uh, no, I don't want you to sit under this ministry. I don't want you sitting under anointed teaching like this. Yet, when you leave the church, uh, you go out and you make decisions that make life hard. No, pastor is preaching about all of this better, getting this better, getting this bigger. But it is your decision, once I'm done preaching, that's blocking your better. It's blocking your bigger. The better God showed me on your life in prayer. When I prayed, he showed me a vision of him releasing better on your life. But then he showed me a vision where your choices are blocking that better. It's not getting to you the way in which God desires for it to do. And so we need to be mindful again that our choices matter. And when you realize that your choices matter, saints, you begin to guard your way. You begin to guard the way in which you go. In particular, you begin to guard, number one, your thinking. I have to guard my thinking. I have to guard how I talk or watch what it is that I say. I got to be careful. I got to take guard over my mouth. Come on. Can't just let anything come out of my mouth if I say I have a good understanding. Then it becomes my responsibility, listen, to guard my mouth. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Try to be to the point. Strive to live a life where you say what God says. You say what the Word says. And if you're about to utter what the Word does not say, then you guard your mouth. 
See, some of you look at right now. You don't guard your mouth. You let any and everything proceed out of your mouth. That's unwise. And then when you start guarding your thinking, how you talk, you then guard the choices that you make. Older folk used to say you think twice before you do something. But for some of us, we ain't gonna be able to think twice. We gotta think three, four times. We gotta think six, seven times. Just whatever you have to do not to make a bad choice. That's what you need to start doing. Because you can get so mature in God and you can be so sensitive to the Spirit of God that you already know what to do and what not to do. But as you grow in God, Again, you may have to think twice before you decide to do what it is that you're contemplating doing. Why is this important? Because however a man think, the Bible says as he thinketh in his heart, so is, so is he. See, if you don't guard your thinking and your thinking is wrong, then your thinking is going to affect your choices. Why did I choose to do that? Your thinking. And then when you begin to think a thing and then you begin to speak the thing you're thinking, again, your choices will line up with, with your mouth. Mr. Reed, I guard what I say. I don't, I don't just say anything anymore. Words have power. Words have power. Words have power. Pastor, I'm just speaking what I see. But you don't live by what you see. You live by faith. Speak faith, not what you see. Call it the way God says it is. And watch it come into fruition. Watch it manifest. But if you don't guard your thinking, if you don't guard your how you talk, if you don't guard your choices, then again... You're making things hard. You're making life hard. Are y'all with me thus far? But notice again, it's up to us. Been teaching several messages about us doing our part. Notice, if you will, Psalms 39. Y'all just hanging here throughout this message. Psalm 39. The word is sent to benefit. The word is sent to edify, to build, to strengthen. Listen, the one who lives by the word. So what the word is the word is sent to edify, to strengthen, to build those who live by or according to the word. And it takes messages like this for even a child of God. To correct wrong behavior. You can't always correct wrong behavior. Jumping and shouting all the time. What my parents said. Sometimes to correct wrong behavior. You actually got to sit down with a child. Stop yelling and screaming. And threatening. Sit down and make sure the child has a, a good understanding. That's a word for a parent in here just quick to hit and beat all the time. Make sure you done gave the child a good understanding. 
look at Psalm 39. Growing up, I never understood it. You know, daddy, mama would, you know, I, I mainly be upset that I'm about to get a whooping. You know, you just come on in and do what you're going to do. You just want to whoop somebody anyway. That, that, that was my thing. But, but they, they want to talk to you first. But see, I didn't realize at the time that was good parenting. Going to let you know exactly why you finna get this beating. Come on, parents. Then say crazy stuff, what seemed crazy back then. Now, now this going to hurt me more than it's going to. I'll be like, well, give me the belt. I didn't say that now. Give me the belt. We'll see about that. But good parents say, hey, let, let me sit down and make sure the child has a, a good understanding. Let, let me make sure they know what's expected of them. So when they show me the wrong behavior, I can discipline them about wrong behavior based upon the good understanding that I laid down. And so there's no excuse for your actions. Come on. And see, that's what God doing this morning. He's using a simple word, coming like this, to correct wrong behavior. Why? Because God's seeing in his people, not all, but some, they're making things difficult. Psalm 39. That's when it's always good to be taught. You just sit here and just listen. You can just absorb it. All of it. All of it. I don't even plan on having you tell your neighbor too much today because it's going to be just about you. Psalm 39. Notice what David says. Psalm 39, verse 1. I said, I will guard my ways. Lest I sin with my tongue. Look how determined he here. I will restrain my mouth with the muzzle while the wicked are before me. See, he knew when he got around certain people. Woo, I'm going to teach it right. That's how some of us are. As long as you in the church environment, you guarding what you say. You, you, you all see how folk act in the presence of the past. They don't know when the last time they quoted the scripture, but they that every time, well, you know, Pastor, because the Bible does teach us. So you guarding what you saying in there. Sometimes we do that at church. You real careful about what you say around the saints. But then when we get around sinners, Watch this. Some folk, even family members who are saved, but around them, you let your guard down. You will say things to them that you wouldn't want other people to hear you utter. And because you got this familiar thing going on, they won't even correct what comes out of your mouth. That's your buddy. See, it can be your cousin, but that's your buddy. You won't correct your buddy. You ain't going to tell me you're looking for God to bless you and then pull mouth in my presence and I don't correct you. 
ain't trying to be deep. I'm correcting you because you told me you were looking for God to do it. Why are you crying? Because man said they can't do this, that. And then I thought it was a God thing. If it is yet a God thing, watch your mouth around me. Don't disrespect the God that did for me what we're praying he may do for you. Come on. So God, watch your mouth around me. Come on. Don't ever get too close to anybody that you can't correct wrong behavior. Hold the, one of the best things we could ever do for each other is to hold each other to the Christian standards. It's a good word. But what you're going to find out when you start doing it, you're going to find out why people like you. You start correcting some folk, you're going to find out what they loved about you the most is that you put up with their carnality. Woo! That's when they feel so comfortable in your presence. Because y'all talk about things you shouldn't talk about. Nobody's being edified. Look what he said. I said, now this is what I love. He said, I said, I will guard my ways. He got to do it. Lord, don't let me say nothing wrong. No, you, 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 you make sure you don't say nothing wrong. Lord, don't let me cuss them out. No, don't cuss them out. Get cussing out your mind. Because you can't cuss with your tongue until it gets in your mind. How do I know it's true? Because cussing has been in my mind. Never came off my tongue because I cast down what was in my mind. I took control. I took captivity. And see, some of you looking like you went on and cussed. And then had the nerve to cuss and then turn around and pray, Lord, please help me to stop this cuss. David said, I will. And we, we right back in that vein, doing. Why God going to tell us to do something and then we turn around and tell him, you do it for me. If he told me to do it, he has empowered me. Come on, to do it. I said, he's empowered me. How, pastor? Through giving me good understanding. Once you know you can control your tongue. Come on. For some of y'all to keep slipping and cussing. Now, if you keep doing it, you need to get saved. That's what's wrong. I just don't know what need to get saved and full of the Holy Ghost. Something wrong. You cussing every day. You cussing every time you get mad. No, you need saving. You need saving. That ain't going to fly in the, in the world, but you need saving. But David said, I will guard my ways. Why is he going to guard his way? Lest I sin with my, if I don't keep a watch on my mouth, I'll say what I shouldn't say. If I don't keep a guard on my choices, 
I'll go where I don't need to go. I'll be hanging with those that I no longer need to hang with. Now notice what he, even David knew when you get around sinners, that's when I just don't hang with sinners. Because the talk is so different. I don't want their talking to get in my mind. Now watch this. Sometimes we don't have a choice to be around sinners. It is what it is on some of your job. In other words, you can't go to work in the morning and tell your supervisor, look, I ain't working around no more of these sinners. See, they, they might have to put you in a closet. Some of you choose to go around loved ones for Thanksgiving and their sinners. But the mistake you make is not going around them, but letting them dictate the conversation. Some of us go around our loved one who ain't saved, and we are not in control of anything happening or being said. And many of you are too fearful. Come on. Now, I don't go in nobody's house trying to control their TV. <laughs> Shut this off. I'm here. Now that's only going to show you how to really cuss. <laughs> but what I have done is simply go into another room. You see, I found another room. And then if things irk me to the point to where, hey, I don't need to be here. I was in a place not too long ago and the atmosphere wasn't right. I told Donna, hey, time for us to bounce. Or me? She rolled with me that day. She was going to have to get away home or something because I'm getting about it. the wrong atmosphere. I'm careful. Y'all laughing, but I'm careful. It takes a certain mindset to live a certain way. Now, folk going to call you names. Boy, I'm teaching this thing right. I said, they're going to call you names. You think you better than everybody else. That's where nobody in the family don't like you no way. But see, I'm loved by God. See, what we don't realize sometimes is that it's actually God allowing certain things to get said and to be done that relationships might be severed. Because what you're trying to hold on to is the thing he wants you to let go. But Pastor Day, my friends, trust God for better friends. <laughs> Pastor, blood thicker than water. Don't know. I ain't ever waited. But I'm not going to let blood bring me down. I'm not going to let what blood say about me prospering, cause me to say to God, hold your blessings. Kinfolk don't like what you're doing. Stop this stuff, God. Don't pour out no more. They can't handle it. But the devil is a liar. I 
I'm never intimidated by people who need to change. It ain't me that need to change. It's you. It's the demons in you that don't like the God in me. Somebody ought to give him a praise because you got some folk that don't like the God in you. They don't like the spirit that controls you. They don't like the spirit that leads you. This ain't about no house. This ain't about no car. This is about what's roaring at you trying to come at me. I know I'm right about this thing. I say, I know I'm right about this thing. But when you are intimidated about being saved, don't want to let nobody know, so you try to talk like them. You'd be surprised, folk, when they get on their jobs, how they try to just be like everybody else. That's some of your problem. That, that's, that's been some of our problems for a long time. Just always wanting to fit in. But see, when you mature in God, you let God get you in the place that he has for you to be in. You know a lesson that you'll learn? You'll look back on times you didn't fit in and you'll throw your hands up and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you I never got in that club. Thank you they never invited me. I never fit in with them. Boy, I just... Lord, have mercy. Some of you, the reason it's hard for you is because you're straddling a fence that don't exist. You're trying to be one thing on Sunday, but that's not what you represent on Sunday evening. You have to watch the company you keep. Paul said, evil company. Come on, many of us already know the scripture. Evil company, what does it do? Corrupt good habits. Not me, pastor. They ain't affecting me at all. You deceived. The only way being around sinners don't affect the saint is when God has ordained the saint to be around the sinner for the purpose of being light. But when you go to be in darkness, you don't already realize how it is affecting you because it's stopping you from being who God wants you to be. This is a good word. And it happens not just to young people. You talk about peer pressure. Most of the time we talk about peer pressure, we're trying to talk to teenagers. But sometimes you got to back it up to adults. Who are affected by what other adults think about them. Why you care what the other women think about you? Why does it bother you? See, you got to get to a point to where what they say doesn't bother you. Doesn't register with teaching pastor. There ain't a man out there that can make me think I'm missing out on what the world has to offer. I know the barbershop talk, but if I go in the barbershop, I'm looking to change the atmosphere up in there. Y'all women go in the beauty shop, change the atmosphere up in there. Let it be when you 
first step in, they say, oh, there she go. You'll see some tip out. Girl, he said, girl, she said, girl, girl, did you hear that? And all you got to do is say, is this all we going to do is talk about folk? Sweep around your own. Oh, who this thing? It's what we do in here. Well, I come here now. Miss Sophia back now. Some thing gonna change around. Look at it. Look at Deuteronomy. Some of them didn't get that. Deuteronomy. Who is Miss Sophia? Don't worry about it. Go on, go on to Deuteronomy left. We need this. Y'all hang in here. I'm going I'm I'm to show you what it's doing. Notice, notice Deuteronomy 11. Looking at verse 26, look what God had Moses to record. Deuteronomy 11 and 26. Behold, that's not just to look, but more so to understand. Remember we said a good understanding gains what? Oh, come on, y'all. A good understanding gains what? So notice he said, behold or understand. Behold or understand, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today, and go after other gods which you have not known. Notice what he said before, a blessing and a what? A blessing and a what? But it's my choice. I said it's my choice. I choose what I want to walk in. I choose what I want my house to walk in. I'm even primarily in charge of what this church walks in. Given the authority that God has placed upon me. I choose blessings. I said I choose blessings. When a person chooses blessings, understand that's the way of the faithful. Y'all got to get there. That's the way of the faithful. When you choose blessings, you're choosing to be faithful. Are y'all with me? But when a person chooses the curse way, what they're saying to God is that they disobey. And that's the way of the unfaithful. That person who 
is not going to do things God's way. They have chosen the way that is cursed. This is so important because this is not the way that we want to choose. When a person chooses, again, the way that is cursed, understand that they think, talk, and do contrary to God's written and revealed will. Sinning is a lifestyle or practice. Are are y'all with me? And the thing about the unfaithful that you need to understand that they're in the cursed way and the unfaithful are too proud to repent or to change. Come on. How many folk do we know who live in a cursed life? They are on the cursed way, but they're too prideful to repent or to change. Come on. We got loved one that you can see the curse. You can see it and you can talk to them about them repenting, which means turning, having a change of heart, choosing to do it God's way. But no, it's almost as if they're in love with the curse way. Not realizing that ultimately the person who travels the hard way or the curse way if they don't ever get their souls right with God, in hell, they lift up their eyes. Hear me today. No chance of repenting. No chance of getting off of that path. This is the reason preachers need to lift up their voices today. I said that this is the reason preachers need to cry loud today. We need to preach the word. Because there are those who are making it hard, and it don't have to be. Coming to church is not enough if you're not living what is being taught. You do not come to church like you do school and you get a star for good attendance. No, you got to strive to live what you are being taught. And if you only come to church but you don't live it, you on the curse way. You're on the curse way and you're making things in your life hard or difficult. Because you're actually resisting God. Come on somebody. And some of us know what it's like to be on that curse way. Come on. Because we ain't always been saved. Come on somebody. But remember when people tried to talk to you. Tried to tell you, look, let that go. We were too proud to change. I even hid from people. Don't let me see nobody no story when I wouldn't say that I knew we were going to come talking about to me about changing my life, getting things right, and then I'd get out of that store if I could. That's what if you had stuff in your hand that you were going to pay for, I quickly put it back up. I didn't want to run into them. But I was too prideful 
to get off of that road or that path of that life that I was living, even though I knew it was a cursed life. But see, what the world is so good at doing is propping up people with things, trying to make folk think that they living the good life. See, shame on some of y'all for thinking that some of your old friend, yeah, pal, she living the good life. How's she living the good life? Sleeping around with men the way she do. How, how is that a good life when the only way she can pay her bills is that she got to get on her back or her knees? How is that the good life? Even you ought to see if you single, yet you are holy. Even if things get tight in your life. You know you live a life that pleases God and God will take care of his own. But you all been out of shape wanting to go back to what almost killed you. We here today for some understanding. And see, unfaithful people love to encourage others to be unfaithful. Don't expect your homeboy to really be real with you about how shot his life is. No, he's not going to tell you that part because he wants you with him. See, some of you, you don't even recognize the folk you hang with and listen to that their primary objective is to get you out of church, is to get you out of God. That's when you now trying to prove to them that you are. You're doing things now trying to prove to people. That you're not what they say you are. Be careful, young people, when you go off. Don't, don't, don't ever think that you got to prove something to people by doing what they want you to do. Don't fall to their level. Okay, how many names they come up with that they call you? You got to know what God calls you. Because you ain't hurting mama, you're hurting yourself. Look at Second Chronicles. I'm almost done. Look at 2 Chronicles. I got to get through this. Look at 2 Chronicles. Because see, the unfaithful want to encourage the faithful to be unfaithful. And you have to be careful. I know a lot of preachers who, who are unfaithful. Can preach good. Can teach Come on. Real popular in the community. But ain't living nothing. Ain't living nothing. And see, they encourage other preachers. Shoot. Doc, ain't nothing wrong with this. 
No, I know something is wrong with it. And what I see on the outside won't convince me to change because I got a good understanding. See, when you don't leave a good understanding, even when folk try to appear to be things, you know they're not what they're trying to appear to be. Because you have a good understanding. You know the word. Come on. This reason I'm never backsliding. I know too much about the word to go back or to return like a pig that threw up or the dog and eat it. I know too much about the word. Come on, saints. I know too much about the word. I know what glitters is not gold. Come on. Lord have mercy. Second Chronicles 28. Talking about how the unfaithful tried to encourage the faithful to be unfaithful. You have to be careful. Second Chronicles 28. Y'all hang in here. I'm almost done. But we need this teaching. The church needs it. You have it for in church. They just they they and, and it always has been and it always will be. Folk play in church. But, but can I be honest? We 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 grew up playing church. How many of here grew up playing church? I mean literally at the house, playing church. You to preach. Oh, you so so and so. You gonna shout like so so and so, but you wait till I start preaching first. Y'all the choir. But see, eventually most of us grew up and learned that it's a difference. And then some of us. Y'all may not agree with that, but I know it's true. You started out playing, and somebody got a touch for real. Come on, y'all ain't never played church back in the day, and all of a sudden, you knew, wait a minute. But see, you got a whole lot of people still playing whole lot of pastors playing church. Who congregation is the biggest? Who doing more than somebody down the road or up the road? See, you can get caught up in things that takes you out of the presence of God from obeying him, from doing what he would have for you to do. Oh, I'm talking good and right. Notice 2 Chronicles 28, because it's going to break it down even farther. 2 Chronicles 28, and then verse 19. For the Lord brought Judah low. Judah, the people of praise. For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel. For he had encouraged moral decline in Judah and had been continually unfaithful to the Lord. Also, Tiglath-Pleasier, king of Assyria, came to him and distressed him. 
and did not assist him. For Ahaz took part of the treasuries from the house of the Lord, from the house of the king and from the leaders, and he gave it to the king of Assyria, but he did not help him. Do y'all see this? Do y'all see this man? Now, in the time of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to the Lord. That is that King Ahaz, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, saying, Because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all of Israel. Look how King Ahaz encouraged Judah to be unfaithful. Nothing new under the sun. One reason the church is in the condition she is in from a general standpoint is her leaders. I said it's her leaders. King Ahaz brought Judah low. What's the implication? Let's get a good understanding when it comes to Judah. Our choices matter. Judah didn't have to follow King Ahab. They didn't have to do what he was introducing. But because they did, God brought them low. That's what you see now. Certain churches, certain organizations that used to be on fire for God. But because they have allowed the unfaithful to influence what happens in the church. God has brought down people. He brought people low who folk used to consider to be high. And see, it's a warning to us that God's hand can be mightily upon you today. But if you're not careful who you allow to influence you, God could bring you low tomorrow. Back to what I said earlier. That's when I'm careful of the company I keep. Did y'all see it? Let's get an understanding about King Ahaz. Again, he encouraged moral decline. He brought it in to the people of God. And it angered God. They was a sanctified people. They were set apart for his use. But King Ahaz encouraged moral decline. Come on, somebody. Look at our leaders in our nation. Look at the leaders in our nation. Look at the moral decline in America. Look at it. Look at our laws that we establish that say to God, we want nothing to do with your laws. Look at it. Look at the moral decline. Look at how proud homosexuals are. So proud they want to try to take the rainbow color as their 
They want to be identified with something godly, but yet you want to pollute it. Come on, I'm teaching right. That's the reason I don't care what nobody says. They'll never get colors. Look at abortions. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've had an abortion. But if you know God has forgiven you, me teaching on it should not condemn you for what the blood of Jesus washed and cleansed you of. But it can't stop me from crying out for a nation that's killing millions upon millions. The slaughter. It's a slaughter now. And yet many of you say you faithful, but you vote for people who condone it. When you vote, why doesn't your beliefs convict how you vote? Why are we the only people that folk want to go in and vote, but don't vote based upon nothing you believe? See, sometimes you'll learn that when you start voting based upon your conviction, you may never be a Democrat again. You may never be a Republic again. You may be a person that's independent, which means every year I'm watching and I'm praying. Who is set before me. But we are so morally corrupt. That a man will put reverend in front of his name. Run for office. And don't stand for nothing that's godly. And get Christian votes. Then they talked to me about why I wasn't more involved with Black Lives Matter. Because Black Lives Matter wasn't involved with black lives. They wasn't saying nothing up in Chicago with the gang killing. They ain't saying nothing about the Crips and Blood killing each other over colors and selling it. They ain't saying nothing about the rap music that glorifies violence, killing and raping and molesting. And when you teach it, the church so soft that saints feel bad. People leave your church now for teaching what I'm teaching now. Pastor, I can't go here no longer. You preaching hate. children. So I'm not black lives matter. I'm unborn lives matter. All lives matter. Too long the church has best been a pawn in the hand of evil men who care nothing about the church but only want to vote. 
Serene unfaithful preachers, bring them in during the election year. No, they ain't about nothing. No, they harm whoremongers. But let them talk to saints. Get you to vote the way they want you to vote. Get your mind the way. Many of you support a party that ain't done nothing for you for years. But see how he tried to get help from somewhere else? See, see when you live a cursed life, I'm finna close. Everywhere you go to get help, God gonna make sure that don't better your life. You can run over here thinking if you just do this, you gonna you gonna be happy. If you just if you get a taste of this, but because He has deemed you unfaithful and He's deemed your life to be cursed, no matter where you run to for help, you're gonna know that you own the cursed way. Am I talking right? Psalm, Psalm 10, and then I'm closing. Psalm 10. Got to go. Got to get out of here. Another long message. Got to get out of here. Psalm 10. Got to teach it. I'm going to teach it. I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to stand on it. I got a mandate. I got a charge. I got a charge. I've been laying before him. I got a charge. Yeah, I do. I got to use my mouth. I got a charge to keep. Come on. I ain't no Baptist preacher just singing the hymn. But I really, I got a charge to keep. Come on, I got a God to glorify. I don't know about some of y'all. I don't know what it's going to take to get y'all happy, to get y'all stirred. But I got a God that needs to be glorified in a land filled with darkness. And he has anointed me to be light. He has anointed y'all to be light. How folk going to know they on the curse way when they look at you and they behold the blessed light? Be seated. Psalm 10. That's how they going to know. That's when God keeping us alive. I said that's when He's keeping us alive. That's when COVID couldn't take us out. We need to be here for such a time as this. Where my Esther's at? Where my women that God bringing forth? Glorifying y'all with beauty. Glorifying y'all with His anointing on y'all. Come on, somebody. Where my Esther's at? Let my Esther stand and give God a praise. You've been called. You've been called. God calling you right now. God got a purpose for your life. Be seated. Esther stood in the gap so that millions didn't die. God needs somebody to stand so millions won't go to hell. Be seated. I got to close it. Psalm 10. Verse number 4. The wicked in his proud countenance. The wicked are the unfaithful. The wicked, the unfaithful in his proud countenance. Does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Look at the nation. Look at the violence. You hear one violent act after the other. And it's to the point now, to, no matter how gruesome the violence is, 
It's not moving people like it used to. It's becoming a normal thing. So and so killed his wife, his children, and himself. It's getting to be a normal story. Six shot over here. Ten killed over here. And all the people want to do is play politics. Play politics. Talk about guns. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And if you take guns from evil people, evil people use bombs. Did not we learn over here what was done to us? Folks didn't use guns. They strapped bombs to themselves. Stepped on buses and blew them up. But see, God has cursed the nation. There I said it. There I said it. America is falling. Evil men doing everything they can to prop up a country that God is angry. See, the curse way, when a person gets on it, one of the worst things can happen to a person, a people, or a nation is when you get on that curse way and refuse to repent. And then the ultimate curse sets in. What is that, Pastor? When the wrath of the judgment of God against that nation, that person, becomes that he gives that person of that nation over to themselves. I'm teaching right. Strong word. So what's happening in our country now when people do stuff and they don't feel bad about it. Why? Because that's the wrath of God. That's the judgment on our nation. That they make laws and don't care. God has given them over. Some of our loved ones, the reason they ain't at the altars weeping and crying, but I tell you they are right. Because God then gave them over. You don't want me. Have yourself. You don't want my laws. Live by your own. Parents, you gotta instruct your children now. Let me close in Psalm 31. Did I finish Psalm 10 and 4? See, God is in, when you look at some people, he, 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 he is in none of their thoughts. Psalm 31. So many people got so many lame and pitiful excuses why they're not back in church. But God is in none of their thoughts. They only recognize they've been programmed. It's a strong word. If you have loved ones who are on the curse way, one of the best things you could do for them is to tell them to repent. To accept Jesus, Yeshua, as Lord and Savior.
Psalm 31. Tough word. Look at things they're teaching in school now. Things they want to make a part of. Of education. Cuts right against what the word says. When you look at certain preachers. It's obvious. That they are unfaithful. They will not. See, one thing a, a good shepherd going to do, one thing a good watchman going to do, is by giving good understanding. He's setting on the wall. And he's warning the people. That's what I'm doing this morning. I'm sitting on that wall. And man, I'm seeing things. I'm seeing things. I'm seeing people who in church, man, they love for God gone. Gone. And I'm in that prayer room, I'm in that prayer closet crying. Guard your mouth. I don't care what God permits a child of God to go through as it relates to trials. I don't care about what process he puts you in to get you where he wants you and ultimately to cause you to have what he wants you to have. No matter what's happening in your life, you never deem it to be a hard Never. When God permit a trial, you guard your mouth. Because as long as you faithful, nothing about your life is cursed. You're going to go through things in your marriage. Guard your mouth. Watch your choices. But there's no way you will be faithful to God and have a cursed marriage. Come on, I'm teaching good in the court. Nothing about our life, if you're faithful, is cursed. But unfaithful people, evil folk will try to show you that what God permitted, what he's allowing, if he loved you, why would you be going through this? Don't you ever profess out of your mouth as a faithful child of God that, that, that you got it hard. Life is hard for me. Don't you ever say it again, single mama. Because as long as you're faithful, God going to see about you so you can see about them children. Notice what he says about the faithful. And I got to let it go. 
I'm not on no cursed way. I'm not living no cursed life. Amen. I should have got more amen. I said, I'm not living no cursed life. I don't want nothing to do with the cursed way. Y'all hear me? I'm going to live blessed here on earth. But listen, earth is not heaven. But I'll never use my mouth to speak contrary to what God's word says about me. I don't care what I'm going through. God take care of his own. David said, I once was young, but now I'm old. But I never seen. He said he never seen it. Can I be a witness? I've been saved over 26 years. I never seen God forsake the righteous. never seen God forsake not one faithful member and leave them hanging. I've seen him give jobs. I've seen him grant healing. I've seen him grant mercy. I've seen him counsel debt. Restore marriages. Trials are a part of it. But if God deem a trial for my life, that ain't the hard way. That ain't the curse way. That's God blessing me. That's God promoting me. Don't you feel sorry for me. I'm getting my promotion. I'm getting my blessing. I'm getting my better. He allowed things. To test your understanding. Is it a good understanding? For walk away. Things happen you never saw happening. First thing demons do. First thing unfaithful people do. You alone. It's hard. Not so. Same way he took care of me and my family. He'll take care of you and your family. All you got to do is remain faithful. Keep that good understanding that you got. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.